Welcome to another episode of Creative Distillation. Your hosts, Jeff and Brad, from the University of Colorado Boulder's Leeds School of Business, discuss entrepreneurship research while enjoying fine craft beverages. This installment of Creative Distillation kicks off a series of episodes recorded during our first road trip to Los Angeles for the Social Entrepreneurship Conference hosted by USC. Brad couldn't make it for this one, and Jeff is joined by special guest host Sean Hyatt as they conduct some field research at Real Soda in Real Bottles, a soda distributor based in the Los Angeles area. Founder Danny Ginsberg guides Jeff and Sean through a tasting of a few of his custom-made flavors while explaining how a German-language major with a lifelong passion for bottle cap collecting became the soda sommelier of Southern California. Enjoy and cheers! Welcome to Creative Distillation, where we distill entrepreneurship research into actionable insights. I'm your host, Jeff York, the research director of the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado Boulder. And not joining me today is our co-host, Brad Werner. I'm actually in Los Angeles, and I'm going to introduce our special guest co-host today, Sean Hyatt. Sean, say hi to the folks. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Sean is professor of strategy at the Marshall School of Business at the University of Southern California, and he turned us on to an awesome establishment to do a podcast in. We're we're out here for the Social Entrepreneurship Conference at uh, USC, so you're going to be getting a lot of episodes from that. Uh, we're going to be podcasting, doing all sorts of interviews, all sorts of people. And so this is our first stop. And as our producer, Joel, says, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So it's like 10 a.m. And we are here at Real Soda and Real Bottles with the founder, Danny Ginsberg. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. It's so awesome to be here. Uh, you, you should see where we're sitting. I mean, this is like a recreation of a 50 soda shop, I'd say. Something kind of. Like that. Yeah. Kind of. And we were just looking at, at Danny's inventory. We'll have some pictures up on the website as well. This is an amazing business. Uh, thank you so much for hosting us here. Like, how, Thanks for having me. So I was reading a little bit about this. Like, So you were telling us some things. You were a bottle cap collector even as a kid. Correct. Yeah. So how did you go from that? to really you have to see this it's an empire of soda it's quite amazing uh you're looking around here well you know if they say necessity is the mother of invention right so i've been collecting bottle caps since i was a little kid i even actually beforehand was collecting baby food lids but then we outgrew baby food so i started collecting <laughs> bottle caps and <laughs> baby food yeah. so what, what made you want to collect baby food lids like well what, what I, was it just just like the look of the, them? the gerber lids we're talking yeah. about yeah yeah, 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 yeah. With the baby lids. face so on, right? so back yeah. in those days yeah. which was in the 60s right. they had instead of an expiration date or something on the lid they had a uh, code of some sort and the code actually was the same for example if you had creamed corn or vanilla custard pudding it had a different number and letter code on the cap and when I was a little kid, before I could even read, I knew that this and that, like I was always into license plates and things. I could tell from the lid what uh -huh. flavor of baby food it was. And so my relatives used to quiz me, on, grab lids from my collection and say it. And then they'd go into the pantry and look and go, oh, he's right. <laughs> 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 All right. So you, you've graduated from baby food uh, and started to consume soda. Now, wh where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Palos Verdes, California, okay. South Bay. Cool. And then how did you get interested in, like, soda? Like, I mean, with the, the start with the caps, right? Right. Okay. Well, 
what would happen is is there would be of course the, there were a lot of things in bottles when I was a kid and sure. gradually as time went on uh, cans uh, were replacing the bottles right. and I used to hate cans and then of course then plastic bottles came along and oh, yeah. I really hated those yeah don't and, we all? yeah so so basically I would collect the caps I would get bottle caps from soda machines and things like that and they had bottles and at a, at a certain point you know when we would go on traveling this is probably where the idea of the soda came is I would yeah. see something with a bottle cap I didn't have or from or they would say the name of the city it was made like Portland right. Oregon or something right. or Colorado you know yeah, yeah there's all these regional sodas we'll get into that in a little while for sure yeah it's fascinating and like I would see something and say I don't have that cap like in Colorado remember there was a town called Sterling Colorado yeah, yeah I know Sterling yeah and yeah. they used to have Nesbitt's bottling company there I didn't know about Nesbitt's bottling yeah company. And when we were driving through, there was this store that had a, like a, an old Coca-Cola cooler with an opener and a box underneath it, and they poured it out in a bag for me, and I got all these bottle caps from Sterling, Colorado. And, and so it was very interesting. I like learned about geography and everything from all the right. different bottle caps. But what would happen is, you know, you'd go to a place that, let's say they have a, a, a brand that has seven or eight flavors, and you'd get five or six of the caps, but there'd be that one or two flavor that, that weren't in the mix. Right. But you see them. So if I had a chance to buy a soda, I would buy one of those and right, drink right. it to get the cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just purely buying this just to get the cap. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And, and what was interesting is you discover something like wow they don't have this stuff in la this is great like right. knee-high blue cream soda i remember the first time i had it i'm yeah. like oh, i can't believe they don't have this in la <laughs> yeah i had a friend in college he would only drink blue things that was his thing mm. so uh, he was really into the blue cream soda do you know what's the deal with that why is it blue what do you know well the history the only person the, i've ever met that i thought might know the answer to this well okay a lot of times in other countries they will call cream soda american cream soda like schweppes american cream soda in right. hong kong okay but the thing is, cream soda was one of those American things as opposed to like the rest of the world, which had ginger ales and things like that. So during World War One, this is what I read anyway, so I'm assuming it's true. Uh, during World War One, uh, as part of the whole patriotic routine, and including like people changing their names from like Mueller to Miller and stuff like that, uh -huh. or Schumacher to Shoemaker, right? You know, so they had cream soda. So they came out with red, white and blue cream soda. So as a result of that, a lot of times it would be the same flavor, but a lot of times they would change it. And so there's just certain flavor that typically blue cream soda tastes like. I love it. I mean, I, I, yeah. it does sells really well for us. Oh, really? Yeah. And do you think it's because it's blue? Just And it just grabs people's attention? Because when I look well, at, like, I mean I, I mean, I guess with the rise, like, when I think about craft soda, yeah, I think about Rocket Fizz. Like, mm -hmm. just right off the top of my head. Because that's the place that you actually, I see on national level, you see these things distributed, right? I mean, mm -hmm. unless there's other ones I just don't know about. But, like, a lot of the drinks are just, like, so colorful. We usually talk about beer a lot on this podcast. And beer, well, you I know. Like beer. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, me too. Obviously, uh, this is only the second episode of Thursday. <laughs> so they're not drinking <laughs> beer or whiskey or anything. But this is awesome. But it's, like, the colors of it. Like, do you think that colors, like, trigger people's buying propensity more? Or is it flavors? Or are they just looking for something unique? Like, what do you think? Like, well, it, it's, all part of, it's all part of it. Right, right. So, like, like for example, I, my sodas sell much better when there's a display of, like, 150 of them as opposed to when there's two or three mixed in with some Snapple and some sure. you know, Martinelli's apple juice or whatever. Because the, the shock of seeing the display makes people stop. Like, I just did... Yeah. On my way here, I, I set up a Vons, which is one of our local supermarkets sure. here, and uh, they have a section there with 80 of our sodas. I always wow. 
try to make a like a kaleidoscope of colors flavors i don't really worry about let's have every flavor of boylan's and fanta and whatever no i go like (laughs) i'll I'll pick the best flavor in my opinion from every producer and try to make sure that the things are are regional from all over the country maybe some other countries yeah um things that people remember from chicago or from tennessee or whatever oh yeah you know so danny i got a sense that you're like inquisitive and you're like an explorer right so as a young child you love going these trips you found these different soft drinks right i mean then you went to the university of southern california and majored in german (laughs) german right and minored in russian yes i guess to continue this exploration of different cultures and and well well so here's the thing is that the the bottle caps got me interested in languages at an early age we went to europe for example and we'd go to like you know rest i'd love to go to rest areas because all the truck drivers throw bottle caps out from all over the place so i was like running around picking up all the bottle caps and then trying to figure (laughs) out okay what country is it from what city is it from well so these things would say you know sometimes the ingredients whatever i didn't know if it was an ingredient or the name of a town so i'd be looking up this before the internet on atlases and things and i would actually go to usc at a very good library Mm. to find these huge atlases that were like you know the the pages were like a yard long massive atlases and open them up and go to the index and look you know like german atlases and french and so on trying to find out what's what and and so ultimately in the process of doing this i started noticing like carbonated water you know, in German or in Danish or in Swedish or whatever, you could tell what it was. If you knew one, you knew the other because it was like, oh, spelled differently, but basically the same thing, you know. And so I basically, I I got very interested in languages. And when I graduated from high school, I actually worked for my dad's company doing uh, real estate management and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to do that really well, but I had no education in it. And at one point, my uncle said to my dad, like, you know, your father basically suffered all his life to put you through medical school and you've incentivized your kids not to get an education. And so my dad's <laughs> response to that was to fire me. And I was yeah. like, I'm doing a good job. I shouldn't be, if I weren't working for relatives, I would be promoted. Right, this is right. so unfair. But he said he would pay for the university. And I said, okay, fine. I said, I know how to do this, uh, whatever management stuff. So I don't really need to you know, read books about it. I've already done it for like yeah, four sure, years. Sure. So I said, I'm just going to go and learn foreign languages because, uh, because the bottom line is <laughs> you fun. have to, what do you do with part of it? So you got to yeah. earn money and survive, right? Sure. The yes, other part sure. is spend it wisely. Right. So I'd rather go to like a place like Europe and just, you know, get a car and just drive to all the countries and all on, you know, on my own or with a friend of mine or my sure. wife, whatever. And uh, not being like a bus with a bunch of American tourists that are going, my pancakes tasted <laughs> like crap at the hotel today. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, where some person's running around who speaks your language that holds up a flag and counts you at every stop. You know, it's like, I didn't want to do that. So I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck doing this. I'm going to learn languages. But of course, everything in life, you know, it opens up another door, right? And ironically, I wanted to become a professor, actually, huh. of languages, because uh, I wanted the three months you, off you, you without being fired. You narrowly dodged a fake person <laughs> death. And uh. I ended up... In- Ended up in a business where I have to work so much I could hardly sleep, you know. Right. But it was it was interesting because when I was at USC, there were uh, there were a lot of very good professors, really interesting students, and some yeah. met a lot of nice people. Sure. But there's also a structure there in some of the departments. You know, you have your department head and your your various professors and so forth. And it was like I I hate those people. Well, it was yeah the (laughs) politics with all of them. And the interesting thing is, some of the best teachers were not the ones in charge. No, no, that was and and so that really struck me. Yeah, Yeah, well, well, I'm a department head, so you know, I mean. Clearly, this is true. It, 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 there you go. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the thing is that that uh, I'm kind of eccentric, so I I don't tend to basically 
when people draw a yellow line on the ground, say you got to stand but behind right, that right, line. Right. My my thought is like, why? What's on the other <laughs> side of the line? <laughs> so you decide. All right, academia is not for me. You graduated USC. Correct. And what did you do? Did you say I'm going to yeah, start a is, soda distributor? Yeah. How did, well, how did you get yeah, to? Yeah. Like, how did, I mean, th- really, for our listeners, you you would have to see this place. I mean, we thought we were going to like a soda distribution warehouse, and we did. It's oh, yeah. massive. Oh, it's I like, can show you that. Oh, part I, too. I, I, we, we drove around behind. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like the, it's the largest beverage distribution warehouse I've ever seen of any kind. It's pretty big, <laughs> but the place itself is like an amazing museum of sodas. I mean, it's just incredible. So, yeah, I mean, how did, how did this come to be? Yeah. Well, you know, in in school, of course, you have a lot of like you know vacation time and what have you. You know, all the various holidays and so forth. That you know, most of the people, if you don't work for the government, you don't really get to celebrate much of those. You know, except right. that there's less traffic on those days on delivery day. But what was great when I was there is it is that there'd be you know uh, spring break and summer vacation and all these like long periods of time. You know. And so what I would do is on those times I would go in my van and I would drive to other states and cities and so forth and buy soda and bottles and bring them back to L.A. And then I, I figured out all the, the street fairs and carnivals and things oh. that were going on. And every time I could find a pocket of time in between, like on weekends and so forth, I would go and I'd set up a booth and sell sodas there so I could get all my bottle caps and so yeah. forth and make a couple <laughs> bucks, you know, and pay for my own habit, so to speak. Right. And, then, and then what ultimately happened is I also, at the same time, I used to write letters people all over the world asking for bottle caps and I ended up with a a, like a couple dozen pen pals all over the world so what I would do is I would earn enough money throughout the year that I could on summer vacation go to LAX and fly off to visit some of these people had a free place to stay and then I got to experience their country and so forth and the whole four years I was there I just ran around doing that and I basically paid for all of that by running around and selling soda so when I was done you know I actually had developed a handful of actual customers that had discovered me at street fairs I was actually just delivering to them on the way to school or whatever you know anyway and you know at some point one of them said you know you know we can't just pay you cash when we need to get like a regular invoice and I said well I don't have a business license and I'm like I'm just kind of just doing this on the side just for fun you know and and so I decided when I was graduating, I said, well, maybe I'll just get a business license. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't know what I'll do in the long run, but I'll just do this for a while to sure. see what it's like. And, and right. ultimately, it, it, it started making me enough money over the course of, it took about two or three years to get from, I guess, poverty to sustenance, you know, and basically. Right. Uh, and you were sourcing more locally from local soft drink, or were you already at that point? going more regionally, nationally, drawing soft drinks from other parts of the country. I kind of figured out everybody that had stuff locally. There were places, actually, I discovered when I was going to USC, uh, there were these cash and carry places in downtown LA, not very far from USC, mm-hmm. that would supply all those lunch trucks and so forth. Right. And they had a lot of gray market product, like from Mexico and so sure. forth. And so I always started buying all that stuff and, uh-huh. and going and selling it to the gringos, so to speak, because, right. you know, it's like once you got away from those lunch trucks and all, nobody knew right. about Mexican Coke. And right. I was like, like, how can you drink that aluminum in plastic? Like an aluminum can that used to have a picture of a Coke bottle on it. I, I said, that. I said that that's an image. I have the real thing. That's yeah. what that's their <laughs> their slogan. The real thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is it. And it's from Mexico. You know, right. and I used to I also go down there and buy some, and you know, bring my empties there and return them and stuff. You know, so I yeah, I discovered all the different things. But then when it when I finally got to where I pretty much was just doing all of that. I would use my knowledge of things from my bottle cap collection and start contacting companies. And there was no internet back then, so right. you couldn't just go online, you know. It was yes. like, yeah. So I actually had to go and try to find out, like, what's the number of the Cheerwine company in uh, North Carolina? Ah. And, and so I call over there, and I actually had from my 
old days of sending to every bottling plant in the United States yeah. I could find the uh, address of, I had like a letter from Mark Ritchie, which was the family that owned Cheerwine. Right. And I, so I made a photocopy of that and mailed it to them along with a letter saying, I've heard so much about your product, I've never tasted it in my entire life, but I, I'm now a distributor and I'd like to find out if there's a way I could buy some. Is there a number I can call someone at and send it to them? Literally, it was like, it was like a scavenger hunt. Right. But, but, but I, I started digging up all these brands that I knew uh -huh. of, you know, Green River, AL81, uh, yeah. like say Cheerwine, uh, yeah. Saranac from New York, you know, all right, this kind right. of stuff. And yeah, yeah. Started bringing it, bringing it in. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I have such fun memories. So I grew up in North Carolina. I, ah. re I remember drinking Cheerwine at like stock car races. Like, yeah, it totally was the thing. And then it went away for a while, and then it was, and now it's back. I guess it's yeah. It's a, if you've never had Cheerwine, make sure you seek it out. It's a cherry soda, I guess. It's like a wild cherry soda yeah. with a lot of caffeine in it. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> <and they're, laughs> yeah. I so, so the original energy <laughs> drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was invented in 1917 during Prohibition, and ah. so it was invented. It was actually. Invented in a place that used to make wine that was banned from making wine, That's but they had the machinery, uh, yeah. and so yep. necessity is the mother of invention. That's right. right. So, there it is, cheer wine. It's <laughs> amazing. I mean, like, Sean's actually written about that. We're going to talk about some of his work uh, in a little while. I think that was your first paper you that published. That was. Yeah. That's right. The history of the soft drink industry. Wow. Yeah. Literally, yeah. the temperance movement was the, the main opportunity for them to come about. Correct. Correct. One, one That's of why we sell papers. so much in Utah. One, one of the best <laughs> Correct. paper names, too, by the way, from Paps to Pepsi. I love that. That name. That's, just that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's try some of these, uh, these right. beverages in front of us. Oh, here. and then tell us. So you went from distributing to also brewing your own, right? Well, so yeah, these yeah. Are, these are yeah, these are the ones you made. guys make, right? Well, uh, well yeah, some. yeah. Well, I, I make about seventy. So these are seventy. Yeah, these are just some of the more esoteric ones. Wow. And then yeah. how many do you distribute? Just so the uh, listeners know, I, I have a, a you know skews Total. because sometimes they're different size, you know, variations. You know, sure. But uh, I have about twenty eight hundred different things that you can order. Twenty eight hundred. Yeah, and, and you distribute national. Or like, oh well, we ship all over the place. Like yeah. like you mentioned, Colorado. So yeah. in Littleton, which is near oh, yeah. Denver, as you know, yeah, yeah, Littleton. there's a place called Robert's Italian Deli. Yes, and the guy that owns that, that Bob Brusso. Yeah, yeah. He act, he's actually got a lot of businesses, and so one of the things is he also has the real soda of Colorado. So he buys. Yeah. Uh, shipments from us and wow. he sells a lot of them in his place and he, d he delivers to various places yeah. in the Denver area and even down in Colorado Springs right right and uh, so so I ship stuff to him on, yeah. on a pretty regular basis and I have people like that in other uh, parts right. of the country mostly in the West so yeah. you are like the we could say the, like the hub of distribution for 2,800 different soft drinks in the West yeah people have referred to this warehouse as the mothership <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome and then in it addition uh let's go back to this you brew 70 of your own products right. which we're gonna i guess taste three of these today yeah correct yeah, yeah i'm always cool. coming up with something new and interesting you know and uh so yeah if you want we could start out since it's like kind of breakfast time I got yeah the, let's do breakfast the chocolate covered maple smoked bacon soda of course <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> breakfast of champions uh it's right up there with uh coffee stout as uh mm, breakfast beverages yeah, coffee yeah. Stout. oh yes now this guy comes in an easy open bottle. You can't see it on the, okay, on the yeah. radio. So, so he opened that like it was no effort whatsoever. And, it was and unbelievable. And I went through the expense of making chocolate-covered maple-smoked bacon soda bottle caps. And oh, that, my and, God. And they're probably going to last wow. me 17 years, but that's okay. Chocolate maple 
chocolate covered maple chocolate yeah. covered maple smoked bacon soda. That's like Correct. that's even that's like it's beautiful. What's Take a look. It's got is, a leaf is, on it. You know, if you ever had oh, like, wow, that's like so bacon cool. bits like Bacos? Oh whatever, yeah, sure. Yeah, they're made from those out of a jar when I was a kid, right? In the eighties. Me too. And the funny thing is, they're not made from bacon. They're actually kidding kosher. Believe it or not, probably if if the Union of Orthodox Rabbis were to watch the entire thing, it could get the. They call that but a hexer, but, yeah. but it just costs so much money to do that. And I don't think there's that many Orthodox Jews standing in line for this. So that's the only reason I haven't done it. So all right. smell so, it first. So smell it first. Yeah. yeah just. All right. So the, the chocolate really comes off the nose. Yeah. yeah. The, the bacon is more like after you drink it, if you burp, you'll be like, hey, there's bacon in there. All right. So chocolate. Yeah, it's big chocolate nose. Don't you know, it tastes chocolate. healthy. Or helpful. You could probably add vitamins to this and it could be a morning breakfast drink. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting. Like you get the chocolate and the initial flavor on yep. the front of your tongue, and then the, the maple <clears throat> kind of comes after. Right. And then the bacon is the finish. You, yep. It's like a salty bacon finish. Yeah, but this yeah, is very yeah. important because in, in putting this together, the initial work on it, because the, here's a funny thing. The flavor chemist that I work with is a very good guy, very knowledgeable but he doesn't have as picky of a palate as I do, ah. okay? I'm like one of the pickiest eaters around, and I used to be just, you know, my parents hated that, you know, and so they, you know because we'd go to a place that wouldn't eat anything, whatever. But the positive side of that is I can discern certain flavors, I guess, better than maybe some other people. And so my, my flavor chemist loves to work with me on this because when I keep telling him, change this, change that, when it finally finished and he tries, he goes, man, that's good, you know? <laughs> and the really thing is, is, when he originally tried with the bacon soda there were some other people that 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 dabbled with there's like bacon flavored whatever stuff yeah. but a lot of it just tastes like liquid smoke right and, uh, and you know yeah that's all people know liquid soak and salt right right i tried to brew a peanut butter cup beer for years yeah people have done this now but i tried for years you can oh, never it's but so you, have you had belching beaver no i've never had oh you gotta beaver. have that peanut butter the peanut butter uh, uh chocolate stout no. Oh, we're, we're, it's like, it's like, oh, you'll love right, it. If belching, you're like, oh, it's who so makes good. Belching Beaver? Belching Beaver Brewing Company, yeah. So you're creating these, how, how do you decide, like, to create a soda? Because you've created 70 sodas at this point. That's, that's just, I'm, I'm sorry, that's still kind of boggling my mind. Well, I, 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 I guess I get to a point where I feel there's a need. Right. Like, like, I, like for example. Like people were saying. Well, I'll give you, so this stuff, there was one, one gourmet right. store where the guy once said to me, like, you know, this is in the 1990s. He said, he goes, you want to try a, a chocolate bar that has bacon in it? And I remember I said, I yeah. love chocolate and I love bacon, but that sounds weird. This is yes. before it was, like, common. No, I no, said, well, I guess I'll give it a try because I hate onions and bell peppers. I didn't have any of that in it. So I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I, <laughs> I tried it and I'm like, oh, I love it. So in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do something like that. Yeah. And I remember one time I was actually, me and my big mouth back in the day, I would talk to people about it. And I and I ended up talking to some people that were kind of like milking me for information. Yeah. And they ran off and made a bacon soda that tasted like liquid smoke, like garbage. It was yeah. awful. It's like, right. you know, and I remember just thinking, that's not what I had in mind. Yeah, and then, yes. and like, and those people, and I knew who it was and it, and it really uh, irritated me because I knew they got the idea from me. Right. And I said, okay, fine. I'm going to go and make it the right way. Right. So I go to my flavor chemist and I said, you know, I have a task, you know, and the interesting thing is that's where I came up with the idea to make the beef drinker, which I'm out of stock right now, which is the teriyaki beef jerky soda. Oh, we were, we were looking at that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah we ran out. I, we're getting more of that pretty okay. soon. I remember when we were making it in the bottling plant, because you know a little Spanish, right? right. So the, the people were like, yeah, like on the bottling line, they're smelling it, and they're going, carne, like that. And, <laughs> carne. And, you know, so, soda, soda in Spanish is refresco. See? Uh -huh. but, yeah. but 
beef is carne de res. So I said, res fresco. Ah, <laughs> carne de res, res yeah. fresco. Res fresco. This is such an appropriate nice. because the tagline on this ball is breakfast in a bottle. Exactly. And yeah. uh, you know, Joel and I, you know, being the hardcore guys we are, didn't eat breakfast. So now, yeah, now yeah, we're just getting jack. Yeah, Cheers, I knew I'd Jeff. be drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so this is breakfast of champions. That's yes. right. Chocolate covered, maple smoke, bacon soda. This is yeah. awesome by Real Soda. By the Real Soda Company. It's yeah, what's right. bacon, so right? Good, man. <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of slogans. We call it propaganda. <laughs> yeah. This is uh this is amazing. Well, what else we got here? Well, okay, we well, try? the next one has Speaking a slogan better than expected. And this is uh, <laughs> Leninade. <laughs> I actually had a Russian grandmother and she used to always say when my mom would make this big dinner, she goes, "Thank you. It was better than expected." <laughs> but then I learned when I was at USC, they always say Lucha Chimajidal which means better than expected, but it me- it's a way of saying you just, you out, I couldn't have expected anything, you know, oh, like you outdid yourself. So it's not like I expected this to suck. And right. It was okay. But it's when, just when, like better than I could have imagined. Yeah, like it would you outdid be. yourself. Like, oh, my God, funny. I never imagined something so good. So it's this like is a, useful it's a for PhD big compliment. Feedback. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> let's make sure the listeners understood exactly. So not lemonade, but Lenin. Yeah, Lenin. Yeah, not John Lennon, but Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. Okay. <laughs> Lenin aid. I couldn't do that if you held a gun to my head. That was amazing. All right, yep. and it has and the, the uh, bottle cap. This one says Yep. It looks like C C C P but yeah. that's really SSSR in Russian. Which means the so you know, USSR. Right. Yes. right, right. Yeah. So uh Oh my god. And then it says www.leninade.communist. <laughs> and on it is a... Uh, like you yeah. said, social entrepreneur. This is a socialist entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, there you You've go, got yeah. the traditional hammer and sickle right, on it, it says, as well. Right, it says, get hammered and sickled. And then it says a taste <laughs> worth... See right here? A taste worth standing in line for. <laughs> and I can't, sometimes I've seen people buying it like, at, like at uh, Devmo. <laughs> I'm like... My God, you're buying lemonade and there's no line. Yeah. <laughs> this is unusual. <laughs> because because in the Soviet Union, everybody stood in line. So anyway, uh, here we go. Oh, my daughter is going to be such a fan of this. All right, thank you. You know, my daughter doesn't like drinking soda. Can you believe it? Really? <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff, go ahead. You've got the uh, nose and the Man, I, I'm, not, here. I'm not a soda taster. This is a, I've never been a what soda judge. It smells fruity. It's like, a, it's like a fruit punch kind of aroma I'm getting. Is, is that? Not fruit punch. I'm, I'm not nailing this one. Is this like a mix between lemon and cola? Nope. Oh. Well, I get the lemon for sure. By the way, yeah, you can mix that? it with vodka. It makes a kamikaze. <laughs> <laughs> if only Brad was here to have that. Or mix it with shoju, and it makes a Kim Jong dose. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those are actionable insights, but I couldn't get to the chime quick enough. Those this are- <laughs> is a very unique flavor. You see? Yeah. I, I'm, t- I'm does still it, does smelling it. Does it, it. Uh, does it uh, really better than expected? The smell is. <laughs> it totally is. Oh, it's driving me crazy. I mean, it's I recognize got, it, but I don't know what it is. I don't know. For me, I kind of feel like it's got a little bit of a cola aftertaste that makes me want to drink more. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't even dryness. have caffeine. And no caffeine, no cola at all. Shortage no cola of nuts. caffeine in Soviet Union. <laughs> Shortage. God, what is that flavor? It's making me nuts. I, it's literally on the tip of my tongue. 
I don't know. I don't know. Tell it us is. about this day. We're, we're right. mystified. Yeah, this I mean, is good. It's, it's good. It, but based just, on a soda that I tasted on traveling in India okay. that I only found in oh. one place, never found again. And I was just it's like, almost a medicinal flavor going yes. on. Yes. Well, it, because it, it's uh, mostly lemon and orange and a hint of ginger. Oh, yeah. oh it's, it's the, the lemon and orange mixing with the ginger. That's, that's not a normal combination that you think of. Too I much know. Well, when I put it together, it's funny because the flavor chemist I have, um, he's Serbian. And when I put it together, yep. I said, okay, now, I didn't tell him what I was going to call it. I said, now I need you to uh, turn it into red, but it needs to be a red, which is kind of a red-orange, you know, yeah. because all the Soviet propaganda was red-orange right. with yellow letters. And so that was yeah. like, I wanted to be the color of the soda to be the same as the signage in, in the Soviet Union. And he's like, red-orange? He goes, that doesn't go with this flavor. I go, oh, it will. You'll see. <laughs> and, uh, and then when we uh, finished and got the label and I brought him a bottle of the finished product, and I said, ta-da, look what we made. And he, he grabbed the bottle, and he almost fell to the floor laughing. He's just like, I can't believe. He goes, like, why would anyone buy something like this? It was the same thing with, like, the people at USC. Because I remember I brought to the Slavic Literature Department. They're like, ah, oh, you're crazy. Like, no one's going to buy this stuff. Well, guess what? It's our number one seller. I've never wow. Number one. No, I mean, the brand is, like, I mean, it's so striking. First thing I walked in when we were, when we were waiting this morning, I went straight to that T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I, I mean, it just I grabbed my attention immediately. We like, call it, that scare apparel. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And just so the listeners know, the bottle has both Roman characters as well as Cyrillic characters. Correct, yes. So... Explain what you mean by that, Sean, for those of us that are not, not smart I'll let Danny, since he's the language okay, specialist so here. Okay, so Leninade. Okay, so Leninade, written right. L-E-N-I-N-A-D-E, but right. then it's also written in the alphabet that they use in like Russia and Serbia and so forth. Right. It's called the Cyrillic alphabet. So it would be like the L-E-N-I-N-A-D, like Leninad, uh -huh, you know? Uh -huh. And so it says Leninad, Leninade, and then it says, you know, Lenin peel, Lenin peel, Lenin budget Pete, which means Lenin drank, <laughs> Lenin drinks, Lenin will drink. And so it's a knockoff of their slogan, the Soviet slogan. Right, right. You know, Lenin jeel, Lenin jeev, Lenin budget jeet, meant, meant Lenin lived, Lenin lives or is alive, and Lenin yeah. will live, you know? It's yeah, like yeah. A, but I've been over and seen him in there. I don't, I don't uh, think he's going to live. <laughs> <laughs> You look like a reject from the wax museum, but oh, <laughs> I mean, this bottle like is just—I mean, it's just a work of love, Dan. I mean, it's like you put so much into this, and and to me, when we look at like any kind of like craft beverage or or anything where people are making something for others to consume. I mean, this love you put into it. I mean, you're really trying to bring joy to people. Right? Uh, I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, communism and so forth is very negative and kind of sure. Like, goes against the soul of people and then when you can turn something that's ugly into something that makes you chuckle and so on it's a, it's in a way sometimes it's a very good way to get beyond right some of the pain and stuff that uh, yes. is caused by some of these things you know yeah. i mean but you have to be careful you know it's like i i mean i have some slogans and so on that that depending on who i'm talking to i'm thinking i shouldn't use that because they may not take it as a joke and they right. might you know like you know, and I, and I don't you know try to really genuinely offend anybody. You yes. Know. Oh, of course. But uh, it's like, but it's like the power of satire. Like when you when you when you take something and you take it to such. A, <laughs> I don't know. I got lost count of the number of jokes on this bottle. Oh, I know. Like, and, it, and you haven't like, even seen all the caps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like once you've had it, all I'm, the rest is just a bunch of CCCP. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
but like diffuses it, right? I mean, at least for the right audience, it's like yeah, right. this, is, this is hilarious. Like, so what's what's this last soda that we have to try today? All right, so the last soda, so Portuguese blend. Oh, uh, Sean is so excited. So the thing is, there there is a part of Palos Verdes in California called yeah. Portuguese Bend. Okay, so this shape on the on the label is the shape of Palos Verdes, and it even has Portuguese Bend written there. Okay. Now the thing is. So my wife is from Brazil, and when we were in Brazil, we went to uh, the state of Santa Catarina, which is south of Sao Paulo, okay? And and that's where the Portuguese first reached the land, you know, in South America, and they go, Terra Vista, you know, meaning I see land, you know? And that was was down there, and so we went to uh, uh, a city called Florianopolis, and they have uh, even like a little island off of that called... Ilha de Anatomirim. <laughs> so we go to this Ilha de Anatomirim, yeah. and they had this little like bar there, right? And mm-hmm. they, they, the, the boat like took us there. It was actually where the tide, when it's low, the bar is there, and when the tide is up, they put everything and take it back. Because, <laughs> 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 and they had At very regular hours. Yeah, they change high a couple yeah, minutes each day. Right? Places like that around, they'd like whales yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. You know. Yeah, anyway, right, so yeah. so basically, what was really cool is they had these old Portuguese like jails and things like that there, sure. and they were showing us like the cannons and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. But at this bar. I ordered, like, you know, a beer. They had these nice beers and bottles. I get the cap, of course, in my collection. But my wife ordered this thing that that I thought was, like, the ultimate mega girly drink, you know? (laughs) And it was, like, basically a pineapple, like you see on the label here, uh where they cut off the top, Mm -hmm. carved it out, okay? And then they put inside of it a mixture of pineapple juice, Mm -hmm. cachaça, which is the, you know, Brazilian kind of like a tequila-type drink from Brazil made from sugar cane. And covered with tons of mint leaves and a straw in it. Oh. And and the only thing missing was an umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> bought that. I said, that is just like, like the most girly drink I've ever seen. She takes a sip. She goes, try it. I go, no, no, no. She goes, no, try it. Yeah. I tried it and I said, "Wow, yeah. the flavor is yeah. incredible! Really pineapple good. and mint leaf really work." And right. you know, they and they discovered later they have pineapple mint leaf ice cream there too. Oh, so I come wow. back to the U.S. and say, yeah. "I'm making a pineapple mint leaf soda," Hell and yeah. because it was reminiscent of tasting it where the Portuguese first landed, and we live in Palos Verdes near Portuguese Bend. I yes. said, "Let's call it Portuguese Blend because it's a yep. blend." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh wow. So this this thing, so this soda is like super bright green, like I mean electric green looking to me. I definitely get the mint. I don't get much of the pineapple in the nose. I definitely get the mint. Mm. That is delicious. You see? <laughs> oh my goodness! Gosta muito de sabor. Ah, muito bom. Wow, that is really good. It's not only good; it's, it's good for you. I know that's my brother's a doctor. Really? And he's on Untapped. Yeah, he likes beer too. <laughs> this is really you drink so much beer, will be foaming at the mouth. Another, uh, yeah, that's right. Another breakfast drink by Danny. Yeah, you, know. yeah. you mean beer? Isn't that great, you know, and then you yes. don't even have to have mouthwash afterwards because you're all nice. That's and right. It's really, it's not overly sweet. Like, uh, yeah. you know, when you say pineapple, you think I, I thought it was going to be like very sweet, but it's not at all. It's it's super like clean tasting. Just lovely. well, I make one soda that's very sweet. It's called Orthodox Juice. Well, you and what it, what it, you know what it is? <laughs> it, it, it basically, I got the idea from a Passover Seder. Yes. I, I, sure. I was drinking that Manischewitz wine. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. said, you know. Is that really sweet, that type of really wine? Really sweet. Oh, okay. my goodness. It's yeah. like, it's, and, but, yeah. But it's cool. really good. You know, you know, it's not like fine wine, like Chateau Lascombe or something. <laughs> no. But it's it's good. I mean, literally, like, I mean, you know, like yeah. my, my mother always goes on like, I can't believe anyone would drink that. You know, and I'm like, but it really, uh, you know, it's not 
fine wine, sure. but it's tasty. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> you know? And so I thought to myself, I thought, you know, that's Concord grape. And ah. all these grape sodas are, they're, yeah. they're grape, but they're not Concord grape. Right. And yeah. all the ones I've always drunk, they're more like the Pixie Stick style, you know, like right, that. Right. And so I thought, I want to make a Concord grape soda, and I want to make it taste like carbonated Manischewitz without the alcohol. And I had to put 59 <laughs> grams of sugar into a 12-ounce bottle to do that. And I had to pay an extra amount at the bottling plant because it, it was more sugar than a normal soda right. has. Sure. I'm like, but it has to be that flavor. <laughs> and, it, and then the funny thing is, so, so when, when I was telling people I'm going to make this stuff called Orthodox Juice, right. you know, yeah, and I use like the, the English font with it looks like Hebrew letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yes. saw it, yes. we saw it. Earlier. Yeah, unless you saw it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But then awesome my, my mom's husband who's like a total Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah. He goes, yeah. you ought to call it Make America Grape Again. Oh. And so you know what I did? I made all, I made a split label production. I made that and Make America Grape ah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Same drink, different label. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah cool. Yet it's also very sweet. All right. And so, <laughs> so, and so has one outsold the other or been more popular? Ironically, you know where most of the Make America Grape Again has been sold? Where? Australia. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why would they buy it in what? Australia? I mean, they I buy it, reorder it, reorder it. I'm like, wow. Why? I don't That's know. I, so I weird. Just, they just think it's funny, I guess. Uh, I guess like, so. And the flavor is really good. They you must know? love yeah. the flavor. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It says on it, it says the soda elected grape by popular demand. Uh. <laughs> so the more you drink, the purpler the states get. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I got to have some more Portuguese blend. This is amazing. Mm. Mm. All right, so Danny, thank you so much for having us here at Real Soda and Real Bottles. People want to order products. Can they order directly from you, or do they have to just find a distributor or well, someplace you've distributed to? Yeah, they can order online from soda, the number four, the letter U.com. So soda for you. Oh, soda for you. Got yeah, soda for yeah, We actually prepare those right here at the outlet center because we yeah. have all these things. You just go and yeah. keep, and you can order all these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of things. You know, we we send like a twelve pack with like double walled, you know, edges and so on. You know, oh, and that's awesome. People local in Los Angeles, if they order five or six cases, we can just drive up and deliver it to their house. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. We do that, but we do sell like you know, like I say, like well, in, like Colorado, go to Robert's Italian Deli in Littleton and yeah. talk to Bob Russo, and okay. he has access pretty much everything, and uh, you know he doesn't keep the stock that we do there, but well, I mean no, he can well, order it for you for sure. That's cool. And then we, you know, we we ship to like there's a lot. There are like some hardware stores. There's a company that we work with in Illinois that mm. actually. Uh, is uh, allied with a lot of Ace Hardware oh, stores cool. and Do It Centers or whatever, and we're like in uh, Associated Food stores, which yeah. they have some locations in Colorado, but it's mainly Utah. Right. But uh, yeah, we we have probably 400 places that contact us that are like road places, you know, like when you're traveling, you know. Yeah. Uh, like there's a place in Ohio called Jungle Gyms that's like this huge mega. Uh, oh, place, like, yeah, yeah, two hundred thousand yeah. like, square foot, uh, right, right, right. stuff like, from all over yeah. the world, and so places like that, they they order like a pallet where they tell us like stack up seventy two cases. Sure. So we have a lot of people that we're like preparing pallets every day to ship to somebody somewhere, and that's one way we get it out there. But outside of the West, we don't really have a lot of regular everyday distributors like yeah. us that run around. You know, I myself, yeah. I do. I'm a delivery guy too. Right. Yeah. So. You were doing deliveries this morning. Well, and, and I'm doing right after this. They're loading my van now, and oh, so when I'm done, amazing. I'm gonna gonna run out and deliver to a bunch. But of we people. noticed you got a, like some shelves. So it, could people come here and just buy? A oh few yeah. And sample yeah. Absolutely. Right here yeah. And, yeah. and we have had people that are on a road trip that have come down here. Oh sure. And put 
seven or eight cases on the roof of their car and bungee strap them <laughs> on the wreck. Yeah, yeah, they drive away with all this. Yeah, we, we give, a, there's nothing really like this yeah, anywhere. That, you it's going to be Joel and I uh, head out of here. Oh, yeah, you're welcome to. And, the cheap, and prices here are cheap, oh, I mean, yeah. compared to most retailers, because obviously yeah, yeah. you are the yeah. wholesaler. Yeah, yeah so yes. that's real. That's why I call it an outlet center, because yeah. uh, I remember the first when we first opened it up, there was this girl that picked out like six or seven sodas. You know, right. This is about 12 years ago. And she brought him up there, pulled out a $20 bill, and it came out to $7.81. And she goes, wait a minute. She goes back. Some more. <laughs> 13 more. <laughs> she thought it would be 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I mean, it's awesome. uh, of course, you know, there's been inflation since then. Oh, it's no, a little more expensive. Sure. Yes. But, but it's still, uh, when, sometimes when I see the tags, like in markets that have right. my stuff, my jaw almost falls right, out. Right, like, right, oh, right. Like, I know how much it costs to make that stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Is the, the actual liquid inside is not the most expensive part. It's the glass bottle. Sure. It costs yeah, it aren't much, yeah. you know. And then, yeah. then all yeah. the various, uh, even the box. The box is over a dollar now just for the cardboard Holy box. Mm, you know, yeah. it used to be like 40 cents back in the day. So yeah. it's... Uh, it's getting expensive, but you know, it's all relative. It's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is fantastic. D- Danny Ginsburg, founder <laughs> yeah. of Real Soda and Real Balls here in LA. Thank yeah. you so much for having us out. Remember, it's real taste, no waste, no aluminum aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that. Any, I couldn't do any better than that for sure. Sean, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you, Jeff, and great to meet you, Danny. Great to meet you too, Sean. So uh, we'll you. be Thanks, back in our next episode talking to Sean a little bit about his research on soda and other craft industries. Uh, once again, my name is Jeff York, research director at the Deming Center at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado Boulder. Thank you so much for joining me for our second ever sober podcast. Uh, Brad, you missed out. We'll see you next time. It was a sobering experience. It was. It was indeed. <laughs> I'm going to drink some more chocolate maple bacon. Yeah, there, go for it. Go for it. I think I'd have a little more lemonade. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Creative Distillation, recorded live on location at Real Soda and Real Bottles in Los Angeles. Learn more and order merch and soda at realsoda.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. Email us at cdpodcast at colorado.edu. And please be sure to subscribe to Creative Distillation wherever you get your podcasts. The Creative Distillation Podcast is made possible by the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship at the University of Colorado Boulder's Leeds School of Business. For more information, please visit deming.colorado.edu. That's D-E-M-I-N-G, and click the Creative Distillation link. Creative Distillation is produced by Joel Davis at Analog Digital Arts. Our theme music is Whiskey Before Breakfast, performed by your humble hosts, Brad and Jeff. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week for the next round of Creative Distillation. If you've enjoyed this episode, you may also enjoy Leeds Business Insights. Check them out at leeds.ly slash LBI podcast.